Welcome back to the Joat Show here on the Dion Family Network, episode 66. Dad, we are jam-packed with sports to talk about today. Yes, that's awesome. Usually, it, is, it has been more of trying to find gimmicks and uh, other stuff to get us through, but now, along with March Madness, MLB opening day, NBA and NHL continuing, and we're going to talk about the NFL realignment perfect our nfl realignment i right. should say we're gonna which makes sense we're gonna save the league because they don't know how to look at a map apparently right uh, i guess we should start with march madness i unfortunately had to watch my michigan wolverines lose in uh heartbreaking i, I tried to reason with it's not as bad because it was ucla and they were the miracle run as an 11 seed i think i would have rather watched them get blown out by gonzaga yeah i think that would have hurt less they, they should have won that game. They lost it. UCLA didn't win it, in my mind. No, especially the amount of injuries UCLA had just yeah. in the middle of the game and guys couldn't move and their best player just kind of would stand in the corner. Again, from a neutral perspective, just wanting to watch some good basketball, I have a feeling we're only going to watch one good Final Four game. Yeah, again, I, I wanted to say that UCLA's miracle run would want, run out against Michigan, but it, it seems like not having Isaiah Livers for the Wolverines really it, it caught up to them in this game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that seemed to be the he was the non difference maker, I guess you could say. Yeah, and just I love Jawan Howard. He was the coach of the year, and I think he did a great job with this team. My only problem was at the end of the game, he just he couldn't figure out who his fifth guy was. It was Smith. Uh, Eli Brooks, um, Wagner, and Dickinson, and he just couldn't figure out that fifth guy. Right, and they didn't score in what the last how many minutes? I don't remember minutes, it, two or three probably. Yeah. But they missed their last eight shots. Yeah, so that's out of the Wagner shots. Which one was worse? The, the last one. It, it had to be because the other ones were like last second. Like you, you, if they go in, it's a miracle. But if they don't, you're not surprised. I just I also don't get with even up by one or down well uh, sorry down, down by one you don't even need three you don't even need two and in the last just take it to the net the last 12 seconds they took three threes just again I know that's the new basketball but I feel you've like gotta look at the even even um nurse uh Kia nurse was saying don't don't go for the three you don't need to and I really believe they didn't need to especially with ucla's big men all in foul trouble because of hunter dickinson the only reason why i understand they didn't give it to him is because he only has one move he goes over his right shoulder yeah. with his left hand and yep. that's that's his only move but to me with 0.5 seconds left my my i don't want to say my play but i would have just given it like just lobbed it up to dickinson and see what he could do right he was not necessarily the best player i would like it just not even that it was Wagner. The first shot, that was a bad shot. The second shot, I don't blame them for giving it to him. He is a good he is a good shooter. Yep. I Dickinson or Eli Brooks, because he's kind of the emotional leader of this team, or I guess was now, but he was there back in I don't want to say back in, but when he was a freshman, he was on that twenty eighteen team, he's been on a final four run. I would have rather him take that shot. Right. Uh, in terms of the other games, I feel like throughout the week, I just slowly forgot about them. Like <laughs> Baylor, Arkansas was a better game than I expected. Yeah. But again, it was Arkansas just running out of gas. Right. And even Oregon State, Houston, it was such a good run for Oregon State that you don't even really feel bad, not feel bad for them, but it was more of just Houston is not spectacular. They're just. They've just been consistent. Right. Uh, and then the last game, Gonzaga-USC, it was just a blowout. Again, USC is a great team. They have – it's not like length goes away when they're when they play Gonzaga. It's just this Gonzaga team, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they win every game in this tournament by double digits. I hope I'm wrong. But I have a feeling that's the way it, they're just that much better than everybody else. And I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna clam on to one of your theories that I hope UCLA wins this whole tournament. So then I can say, you know, if Wagner hit that shot, Michigan would have won. Right. 
Uh, in terms of our final four games, Houston, Baylor, Baylor favored by five. I think this is going to be a really tight game. Yeah, I, I, this is the game I think we'll, we're, we haven't had a buzzer beater yet. This might be the game where someone hits a buzzer beater. That was that was my one thing about Michigan being down one, as I said, and my girlfriend was watching me watch it, and she was like, wow, you get really stressed out about this stuff. And I was like, yeah, you weren't, because I was at her house for the OGN and OB shot. Right. And her, her mom was like, is everything okay down there? Because I just, I didn't have anyone, it was a moment where I felt like Jim Valvano, and I was just looking around, I'm like, there's no one here. Who right. am I, who am I celebrating with? But I just I knew no one hit a buzzer beater, and when Mike Smith pulled up for three, I just thought, why he he was in isolation, he could have easily, even though he's smaller, just go to the basket, even if you get a foul. Right. Or you, again, you got some big guys on the inside that could get the rebound, and again, you only needed two, you only needed one actually. But. Yeah, it it is it's a frustrating end to the season, but apparently Michigan has one of the top recruiting classes coming in. Right. And uh, a bigger role for Jawan Howard's son next year, Jace. Uh, the other Final Four game, uh, UCLA-Gonzaga. Do you know what the spread is? Do you want to take a I'm guess? I'm going to guess 15 and a half. Ooh, very close. 14. Yeah. And, and yeah, it just especially if these UCLA players are not healthy at all. It, I, I don't think it's going to matter, to be honest with you. Like, I'm sure you've watched the Bulldogs, some of their games. They are... They have it going. Yeah. Like they, the, the passing is incre- like over any other team. Like they're zigging and zagging and the guy some of them they're not even looking on the passes. They just know the guys are gonna be there. And it's everyone. That that's the other thing. It's not just Suggs. No, who would be their quote unquote superstar, but it feels like every game it's someone it could be someone else. Yeah, and, and that's what's scary because yeah, you're gonna get some guy who's yeah, he's off today. But guess what? You got Six or seven, they even have eight guys that could come in there and right yeah. take charge. When I saw, I watched, a, I think I said it last time that I saw like a story about Andrew Nemhard, and that when Jalen Suggs heard about it, he didn't, he didn't question bringing in a guy like Nemhard. He knew how talented he was, and he's like, "Yeah, bring him in." Uh, he didn't care that they played the same position; they right. were just gonna figure it out together. Yeah, Jaylen, yeah, they're a team. Suggs is Suggs is going to be a high pick this year if he goes to the nba draft which i I assume he does right but i almost want to see him on a team like detroit where he can be the franchise guy but i wonder if that that would hurt him because he's not in as much of a system yeah yeah that would be yeah see if he's a system player or a natural it it does feel like gonzaga's gonna roll is i guess is ucla's only uh momentum just the miracle run that they've been on yeah it's just but if you look at um i think they had a stat they there's eight 11 seeds that have gone to the final four i think in history and none of them have won and it's also the and the only the miracle run is one thing i also think you never know because these are kids maybe this is the game gonzaga goes oh we're undefeated like we have to we have all the pressure in the world on us. I just don't see it. You know, I, I know you're trying to make an argument, make it exciting. I just, I, I, I really don't see anybody that's left that's going to give Gonzaga a run. And I'm talking about Baylor and uh, Houston as well. Yeah, and I'm this. It would have to be the type of game like Wisconsin, Kentucky, where everybody on ucla is on fire right. and nobody on gonzaga and that's it, the thing they yeah, go so deep that it just doesn't yeah, feel like it, it's possible that's what i mean right the, even your five starters aren't playing well throw in four other guys and they they someone's gonna get hot there i don't know it's also like, weird to see the national player of the year not anywhere near the final four right luca garza who had an incredible career with iowa but now yeah. it, it just and it's always funny. That's that's the weird thing about announcing awards in the middle of a like I you still call it the season, the postseason. Yeah. That like even last year, Aaron Rodgers won the MVP the day before Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady faced off in a Super Bowl. Right. Like it just feels. I guess it is just a regular season award. I, I if you would have just told me though that there's no Big Ten teams left, I would have said you're crazy. One of them. One of the, not that one of them should have made it here. It just. You look back on those teams and how much they just beat up on each other, and yeah, it, 
And they're talented teams. Yeah. Like when you see Luca Garza beat out Cade Cunningham and uh, Donsumu for uh, Illinois. Like right. it's not like they just sh- suddenly showed up in the tournament. Yeah. Just lots of great teams that lost. Yeah. Uh, I feel better because I think Ohio State is the team that came out of this looking the worst. Yeah. And I guess that should have been our eye opener when they lost. Anybody can lose. I also said uh, the leading score on over Oral Roberts, I thought it was Abe Miss. It's Ace right. Miss. Ace Miss. Okay. Which I, I guess I just read his name, and I don't remember here. I think I watched the whichever Oral Roberts game. Did They they played Arkansas, didn't they? Yes. I think that was a part of that run. Yeah. I didn't watch the game with the sound on because I was listening oh, okay. to something else. Gotcha. So I did not hear his name. Uh, the other big college basketball news, and... Yesterday was April mm. Fool's, and it felt like April Fool's. Right. Roy Williams announced his retirement from coaching. Right. And that makes me feel old. <laughs> uh, three-time national champion, all the awards, all the accolades, a Hall of Famer. With two different schools, too. Yeah, with North Carolina and Kansas. Yeah. And then Kansas's coach signed uh, a lifetime contract. Wow. Uh, um, I just I feel like Kansas hasn't been that – like, they have – NBA players, they yep. have talent. Yep. I feel like in terms of success in the tournament, I I really the last time I remember them and he wasn't I can't even remember the Bill Self isn't that their coach. Yeah. I, the last time I remember Kansas was um when Derrick Rose was in college and Mario Chalmers in like the tournament. I think it was the Final Four or a championship game. Right. Hit a clutch shot. That's the last time I remember Kansas being good like in a a deep run in the tournament. Right. So, uh, good retirement for him, I guess. Uh, yeah. Also, Oklahoma and Texas both hired new head coaches, so fresh wow. blood in the Red River Red River rivalry. Wow, there you go. Not easy to say. No. Uh, for North Carolina, I I just wonder who their next yeah, head coach that's, is. Yeah, that was my first thought right away. I wonder who they're going to bring in. Be someone. Yeah, they have someone important. It'll be a big name. Yeah. Maybe an alum of some kind. Yep. I'll I'll throw my hat in the ring to say Vince Carter. I think you can throw your own hat in the ring. Oh, no. I mean, I would love to coach North Carolina. I, I love I, You get free shoes, and there you're you sponsored by Jordan. Uh, let's go to the NBA where we really I, – I didn't write down to talk about the Raptors. They lo- lose to Oklahoma City earlier this week, but – Yeah, uh, lose, they've been losing to everybody. One in 13, the one win coming on the Norm Powell swan song. Yeah. And it felt like the Kyle Lowry swan song, right. who's now injured for the next seven to ten days with a toe infection, right. toe injury. And then they show up tonight against Golden State, and it is Can't miss. one of the one of the best Raptors games they've played in, what, the last two, three years? It's the biggest spread, point spread in history of the Raptors, they said, when it was at 53. And when I turned it off, they were up by 60. Yeah, and it, it obviously a game in Golden State where they don't have Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, or Draymond Green. You know what? Like, I'm I'm such a huge sports fan, but God, when you look at these two teams, two years ago, like there's nobody recognizable to me on the on Golden State, you know, other than uh, the Canadian. But w- even Wiggins, even Andrew Wiggins, wasn't there. he scored 11 points in the first quarter and then yeah. disappeared. That is that is the main problem, and it's why everyone thinks he's overrated. Is because he can show up in spurts, right? But that's it. But he's a fourth option right. on a good team. And if Golden State comes back fully healthy, they'll probably get a decent pick. Like a, uh, I guess they're a playoff team, so they won't get a great pick, but they have a system in place, right? And a lot of people think they're done. And same with Toronto. Neither of these teams are that far back from being contenders again. Right, and they're going to get a good pick, so they could get good pretty quickly with that and a free agent or two. I wonder if we get if it's a rig the lottery situation to get the Raptors in the top three. Right, we'll we'll see. I feel like I don't think you, not that you wouldn't like Cade because obviously if you get the number one pick, he's the best guy. Right. I feel like for the Raptors, if you're picking, if you. I guess if you win the, I don't know what the NBA, I can't remember the NBA rules, but it's, I think they only do the lottery for the top three. The Raptors end up with like an Evan Mobley. Oh, that would solve your middleman guy. But is he's he, a seven footer? I, I I guess, and then you just kind of bring him off the bench at first with Boucher and see who can yeah, play crunch time. Probably. I, I I don't. A lot of people say there's a long rebuild coming for the Raptors, but even. 
I, I'm going to say, and I know I said it before, the Lowry rumors and stuff, that the Raptors should cont- consider trading him if he leaves. And again, it adds to the franchise player leaving for nothing. Right. But then you have tons of cash to spend. And Malachi Flynn, who can learn behind Freddie. Right. So, options out there for the Raptors. For sure. Uh, Kevin Durant was fined uh, $50,000 for offensive and derogatory comments that were... For not playing? <laughs> no, he is still hurt, and Jeez. this Nets team still... It, not that they haven't skipped a beat, but I feel like come playoff time, assuming Durant's at full health, I, I don't know how many teams are stopping them. They just... Since Durant's been out, this team's getting better. <laughs> they just add guys. Like, who's next? Who who wants to come play for the Nets? That's why an April Fool's joke was someone said that Vince Carter was coming back to play for the Nets. Oh, there you go. Uh, but this was he. He had an Instagram uh, conversation released from. Do you remember Michael Rapaport? Name sounds familiar. He was on Friends. Like he was, I think Phoebe's boyfriend. Oh, okay. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who that is. And then, so he has a podcast, and he always okay. talks about sports. And he, well, because he's a Knicks fan, he's right. been going at Durant a lot this year. And then Durant did say some pretty bad things. He kind of he implied some not so nice things that I don't want to repeat. But it's also Michael Rapaport who puts himself out there so much that. Is bound to get a reaction. Yeah, that's what he's looking for. Yeah, and then he, and then it just kind of made me upset that they would have this argument, but then Rappaport releases it on, like, releases a private conversation. Right. No matter what they say, but that's really the, for off the court. Uh, also, the Utah Jazz plane almost crashed. Really. So. Wow. Uh, shortly after taking off, uh, I think they were going to Memphis. They hit a flock of birds, and. Wow. Hearing that, it doesn't sound that bad, but there were players that said for about 30 seconds, they were worried. Wow. And this also tied into Donovan Mitchell, who has a fear of flying. Oh, boy. Did not travel with the team when the second flight left. Uh, He said, though, that they play in Dallas, I think, Monday, and he said he's going to join the team then. Okay. That's just... He said, I know flying's a part of the job, but if you're already scared of flying and then something like that happens, it's yeah. not going to make it better. No, that's for sure. Uh, and then some signings, not huge groundbreaking news, but uh, the New Orleans Pelicans signed Isaiah Thomas to a 10-day contract. Wow. Bringing back the 80s, Isaiah <laughs> Thomas. I mean, be desperate. What happened, what happened to Isaiah Thomas? Wasn't he like a superstar once upon a time? There was he can't catch on with the team. There was the few years in Boston, or yeah. like the two years in Boston, where people said he was an MVP candidate. He got traded to Cleveland for Kyrie Irving, and right. now he's just rest is fallen into the history. abyss. He was also a part of uh, the U.S. Uh, Olympic qualifying team. Wow! Like a few weeks ago. Uh, so just another NBA chance for him. Uh, we can officially end the DeMarcus Cousins to the Raptors yeah. rumors that I made up. He's signing with the Los Angeles Clippers. Of course. Because, yeah, Los Angeles gets everything. And the other one, uh, the Portland Trailblazers are planning to sign former Raptor Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Oh, he's not anywhere. Wow. He yeah, I thought he would make make his uh, way to a contender. He's just one of those guys, right? Seventh or eighth guy that you... Oh, or we need a little pop, right? He's that guy. He's a high energy, and that was yeah. the big thing about him, especially last year in the bubble for the Raptors, was he was the energy. Right. And I think he was a part of the – I think, honestly, my favorite game was the bench game against Philadelphia when none of the starters played, and they right. were all standing up and like cheering on this game that yeah. didn't matter. Right. Um, so good for Hollis Jefferson. He started sure. this year with Minnesota and then got released and has just kind of been waiting for an opportunity. Right. And I think Portland's, I, I really like Portland. As long as they can get some, a decent enough playoff draw, I think they can make a deep run. There's really going to be some interesting matchups in that first round on the West. That's for sure. Even, even as I was looking at their play in game race, like yeah. Sacramento was supposed to be a seller and they're the 11 seed. And they said, well, we think we have We're a chance. It. Yeah. I, that's what the I think the playing game can only only do good for the NBA. I agree. Yeah, I and think it's awesome. Like Keep if it. if especially if the Raptors are building momentum off of this, Chicago's zero and three since they got Nikola Vucevic. You just 
you got to hold out hope and you just grab that 10 seed you get in the playoffs it turns into march madness and anything can happen listen if you've lost 13 of your last 15 games and you're still talking about the playoffs the nba is doing something right right they're keeping teams competitive absolutely yeah like if you're you're still telling yeah raptors can still make the playoffs. what <laughs> yeah they're still they're still alive okay so it keeps you watching right now yeah. It, that's funny in a in this blowout game that just kind of felt like and that's what Matt Devlin said at one point is the Raptors are letting out their anger. Yeah, they're just doing stuff they normally do all year, and they missed the last again most important part of the year, the last the month of March basically. So yeah, uh, now this is this is maybe the time where we can bookmark it and say this is when. Some type of run started. Sure. Jesus, I keep almost knocking that over. Um, let's go to the MLB where we had opening day yesterday. Uh, For some teams. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we have postponements. Already. The, uh, here we go. Uh, uh, Orioles and Red Sox was be- due to weather. And right. we also lost the New York Mets, Washington Nationals entire first series, series yeah. because of COVID. And weren't they the team that were having issues last year washington at the beginning of the year was supposed to play the yankees opening day right. and they couldn't play that's wow something something weird must be going on in washington yeah. i because we didn't talk before the season started i wanted to hear right. if you had any any predictions bold predictions anything like that um nothing really bold that i can think of um yeah like I don't know. I think the Yankees are going to win the American League East, and I don't think that's a big surprise to anybody. No. Um, I think the the Twins will be able to hang on and win the Central, with the White Sox kind of nipping at their heels. And I I still think Houston's the team to beat in that, the West. And that West is. To me, not a disaster, but it, it wild—it's the wild west. Yeah, it's you want to call it. It's that. very wide open. To me, the only team that's really not in it is Texas. And I was just gonna say, did Texas end up playing opening day yet, or is that today? I think it's today. So they had the full crowd. So there's a team that's gonna be out next week with COVID. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Even you can make a case for Seattle that maybe they're just the young team that kind of like Miami last year that they just they go on some kind of miracle run yeah they're up and coming and they uh they got the old uh maple back there right so yeah, james paxton yeah so and it, from what i understand he's fully healthy he's added two or three miles to his fa- fastball so if anything he'll be a good uh training prospect i'm assuming seattle just signed him for one year i, I don't know so. what it, yeah so it just makes sense that He'll play well and then go to a contender. So maybe he ends up back with the Yankees. I don't know if they're going to need any more pitching, but we'll see. My my prediction for this division is that it's finally time for Mike Trout. Yeah, he's going to uh, pull it off, get, I, get into a playoff game. I, I still don't feel great about it because of their pitching. I just Yeah, they have no pitching. And the concern of this team and the X Factor is never going to be Mike Trout. He's always going to be amazing. It's Absolutely. It's Shohei Otani. If he can... If he can play both or just choose one, right, and has a good year, one. I feel like I feel like he's a better hitter. I know, but it's they got no pitching. Like if he's one of your best pitchers and he's also your best DH, that's not a good sign. No, I feel like though that would be we're trying to get rid of pitchers hitting, <laughs> and then, yeah, not two way players. That's right. Uh, did you see the first home run of the year? I did not. So it was the Detroit Cleveland game. Oh, I, I, maybe I did see it. So it was Miguel Cabrera. Yes. And this is another one where I love to nerd out with cameras and the way they caught. Also, they're playing in the snow. Right. There are it's snowing at least. Yes. It was one of the coolest home runs, but it also made me think. I feel like April first were not really in that kind of weather. Right. Yeah. yeah. They they've been starting the season in March the last few years, so. You'd think it would be a good – well, it's, it, the weather's going to warm up now. So it, it, we're past that. You won't see any more white stuff. Hopefully not. No. Uh, so we did talk briefly about the Yankees losing to the Blue Jays. and this, Winnable game. Yeah. It definitely in the balance going into extra innings. I like see, the guy in second. Okay, you do like that. Yep. I, yep. You're I, not going to have 18-inning games anymore. 
like both teams obviously you get a chance to score and the Jays took advantage and the Yankees couldn't get them home. That's why I was texting uh, Stefan throughout the game, and he's like, I realize why I'm actually enjoying this game. And I was thinking, oh, because of fans, the fan tried to rip the ball out of Aaron Judge's glove. Yeah, I've seen that, yeah. And then he's like, no, it's because Brett Gardner isn't playing. I'm like, I oh, forgot right. how much he of, did play. He, and that's yeah, why he came in, he came in, in the run in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah. And after the, after I think it was uh, Torres struck out right. for the bottom of the ninth, I was yeah. like, oh, Gardner could have been the winning run. That would have right. been a great way to start the year. Yeah. This Jays team. I mean, Ryu, I remember when he was with the Dodgers, the Yankees kind of lit him up for one game. Mm-hmm. He's Him and Garrett Cole, that was a pretty good pitching duel. And that's that's the one thing uh, I forget what announcer was saying. It is the, the best part about opening day is you're getting every team's best pitcher. So it's the best pitching matchups you're going to get pretty much all year. Right? Yeah. But, even, uh, uh, Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you go. I was just going to say that's and that's what we got with the Yankees and Jays. I I think in the next few days you're probably going to see the depth difference in pitching between the Yankees and the Jays. Yeah, that Yankees bullpen is is built for the entire year and the Jays are still missing a guy like Nate Pearson who is going to be a pretty big part of their rotation. Yeah, and Robbie Ray's out. So they they're already getting that injury bug that the Yankees have had the last few years, so I don't know. I Again, the Yankees have two pitchers that are either in their bullpen or not even on the team that would be a starting pitcher with the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. So, but we'll see. I was also thinking, just every time stands at the plate, I, I just never feel good about it. Why? I just I feel, and this is the funny thing. Aaron Judge will always get the deep counts. We always like you he always works say the that counts. Yep, always. If Stanton is deep in the counts, to me, it's more likely he's gonna swing at a bad pitch. Okay. I just I him and the other thing is I don't like Stanton and Torres back to back in the lineup. I feel like they're the same hitter. Okay. I would rather like Urshela in between them. Yep, yep. Although I can he see is them changing it around. He is good deeper in the lineup. Although I I loved when Sanchez hit the home run because I just thought is this when we start Gary Sanchez MVP train. And he did go. I think he was two for four. So he had like a decent game. Yeah. But if they move him up, but you're right, maybe they move him up the lineup. And again, there's so many options. I just feel like he's Aaron Boone is very committed to the uh, top three of LeMahieu, Judge, Hicks. It seems like he's yes, kind he, of clamored yeah. onto that, and he'll fix everything under that. Right. Agreed. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not too upset about that. Jay Bruce, I thought had some decent at bats. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. He and, had a chance to win too. And yeah. I like the. I hope we see a lot of tinkering because I feel like if Luke Voigt isn't in the lineup, they should utilize DJ LeMayhew at first to open up the infield a little more. Right. but and, and again, yeah, so you're missing the home run king as well in this game, right? So, yeah, the you know, Yankees did have a couple. And again, I think Zach Britton comes in there and you're probably not getting a run scored on you in the 10th. But again, it's game one and... I, I'm not. I'm not concerned at all. The Yankees look amazing. I was gonna say we're not gonna overreact to everything. No, no. I not when there's 161 games still left to play. So man, there's there's a lot of season ahead of us. Yeah. Uh, let's go over unless you have anything else from opening day. Um, no, because oh wait, sorry, I did have other things. Uh, okay. Uh, so the MLB announced today that they're moving both the All Star Game and the draft out of Atlanta because of a law that Georgia passed, which could possibly lead to voter suppression. Wow. So All Star Game, and this is—I was trying to think about when the last time I remember this, and it was the NBA moved their All Star Game out of Charlotte when they had uh, rules for transgender bathrooms. And they were not in favor of them. Okay. So uh, All Star Game will get moved. Draft will get moved. Which the draft is. They don't know where though. Like they didn't announce no, it. No, just somewhere else. I, right. I imagine they'll just go to a major city. Right. Be a bit easier. Uh, we also found out that the MLB draft this year is going to be twenty rounds. So Mitch Bratt may get drafted. That's why I wanted to bring it up because I'm I'm expecting to see his name or hoping to see his name on there. Right. At least get a chance with a franchise, and you said he's uh, pitching down in Georgia, Georgia now. Georgia right now, yeah, looking to for people to watch him, he's looking to get some eyes on him. And we we'll we'll make that pitch here. It's it's a he's a lefty, and yep. you can never have enough of those. That's right, one of Canada's top left-handed pitchers in the under eighteen team. 
All right, um, let's go over to the NHL, where uh, I put it a little later, but I feel like we should just get it out of the way that the Flyers lose to the Buffalo Sabres, snapping the 18-game losing streak. Yes, I got a text from my cousin Ann, who's a big Sabres fan, <laughs> and I said, yeah, nobody beats the Sabres 19 times in a row. And it's funny because as we were, as we recorded the last episode, I checked the score before we started recording, and you hadn't watched it yet, and it was 3 nothing for the Sabres. Right. And I was like, oh, this is going to be the night. Well, they should have lost the night before anyway. So it kind of evens out. Yeah. Well, and it's Buffalo's dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah. Dump the, yeah. There's some, I don't know, the Flyers are, uh, I just hope they don't make any, I, if they're going to make any trades, I want them to make trades as sellers, not buyers. Let's put it that way. Interesting. I, I know Scott Lawton was moved up the TSN trade bait list. Yeah, because he's a free agent at the end of the year. So that's yeah, a that's a, he's a playoff type of player. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Send him to a contender and yeah, get some picks for sure. Uh, we had the good and the bad of COVID. The Montreal Canadiens came back and with a storm, really. Yep. Beating Edmonton and Ottawa. I I really Practice. yeah I I didn't feel like. Going into those games, I think Montreal was favored, and I just thought, why Why would the Canadians be favored? They haven't played, but clearly they were more than up to speed. Who was out for Montreal? There was, no, there was only two guys on the list, which yeah. is Armia and Kutkiniemi. So, there you go. So, this team gets a full practice for a week with rest, and yeah, watch them, though. You're going to see them going a good run here. And this makes the and I, I feel like in the in the North Division we kind of have our four playoff teams. Like it doesn't <laughs> feel like anyone's getting ahead of Toronto, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Montreal. Right. Which those are the teams we picked, right? Yeah. Like in whenever that was. January. Right. I was gonna say September. <laughs> in a regular year, that's what we would have done. Yeah. Uh the bad side of it is the Vancouver Canucks and it it was weird because it was in the middle of the Montreal Edmonton game that we found out Vancouver Calgary was postponed. Uh, we knew one player, Adam Goddett, tested positive. Now they have seven players in protocol. Right, so they're like the Flyers now. It's going to be a big struggle for them. And it's also pretty major players: Alex Edler, Quinn Hughes, Braden Holtby, Antoine Roussel, Zach McEwen, and and it's funny because it was Leo Routens was talking about it during the Raptors game is yeah. it affects people so differently. You don't know how they're going to come back. That's right. Some of them, no symptoms at all. Some of them minor, some of them major, but the one thing I, uh, I'm going to say now after seeing these, I don't know what you want to call them. COVID scares, I guess. Yeah. All the teams, have you noticed all the superstars hang out together? Washington, it was all they're all the superstars in the same room pretty much yeah yeah flyers top two lines out right because all the superstars are together mm-hmm. right yeah vancouver like, you just named like those are all the best players so like you know if you're just a million dollar player you go and play your card game down the hall we're paying for big buck gear and you know we're we're the guys making five six seven ten million dollars i actually never right? even thought of it that way that Whenever there's a group of players out, it's usually players that are in the same like echelon of talent and money. Yeah, which it, w- it wasn't like that once upon a time. You'd have you know your fourth liner was best friends with the number one center and stuff. But I guess those days are done. If yeah. guys are guys are more selective, they'd rather hang out with people that are more up to their speed. I guess so. Uh, I guess that is the only COVID-related stuff we luckily get to talk about. Uh, the other big thing from this week was I'm going to start with Connor McDavid because he should have been suspended. Well, I almost thought the Montreal guy should have got suspended because he was in his way. (laughs) As you were setting that up, I really thought you were serious. If if you didn't see it during the Edmonton-Montreal game, uh, it was caught Kanyemi again. He passes the puck off, and the play is nowhere near McDavid. And he comes up and hits – and. It's funny when he was fined the maximum five thousand dollars, which again to McDavid that's chump change. Yeah. But to me, it looked like the butt end of his stick also it got up and yeah, yeah. But again, it's Connor McDavid, so he's going to get the benefit of the doubt, and that's that's the honest truth. If that is, uh, I'm just trying to think if that's like Wilson for Washington, he's getting ten games at, at least. It, it's even it, Brad Marchand. Yeah, it's, it's a reputation like thing. Like five. 
because he's a little bit of a better player. Yeah, even even McDavid. There's so many little and. This is funny because I heard people not defending him, but saying, think about all game, McDavid could draw how many penalties, but they don't get called because he's so good. I disagree. I don't think there's a lot of calls that are missed. No, Like the little shots that he'll take? Oh, maybe. like Yeah, but again, that's just part of the game. I just think he's, it's, we've seen it quite a few times that he just kind of snaps. Yeah, for sure. What was the score in the game when when he did this? Was it four nothing? I was gonna say three or four nothing. Yeah. And it was in the first period. That was the thing that was even more confusing about it is there's so much time left in the game and right. that and he took a two minute penalty. Obviously, every player in the world is gonna argue about penalties, but that's yeah, just that, yeah, that's what Gordon Miller said as uh, Muzzin was going to the penalty box. Another player mystified why he's getting a penalty. <laughs> Just that that was so funny. Because so true. No one no one's just gonna willfully there's a few guys you'll see willfully unless it, if it's like an obvious trip or something. Or a puck over the the glass, right? But yeah, I'd like to see that a few more times, right? Like Ah Raf, yeah, you're right, you got me. That was a penalty. <laughs> yeah, I wonder I, I don't know who is funny enough to because not many hockey players have that kind of personality right, yeah oddly enough i feel like actually no i was gonna say marshan i think he would argue it i, I wonder what players out there Maybe would Subban? Just, yeah right. eh, even He's him gotta, like he could be, he could be funny right. it depend, i feel like his would be like uh he trips someone as they're like going past him and he just kind of like shrugs and he's like eh, i know right. i did it yeah because other than that, no one else is going to. No one's just going to willfully go to the penalty box. Right. Even if, the puck over glass, people. Oh no, it deflected. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even if there's no one around, but uh, yeah, I'd, I just like. I'd like to see a couple guys do that. Just, I guess they don't want to do it to mock the ref because then they're not definitely not going to get the next call, right? So you don't want to mock them. Yeah. That way. Yeah. The even any level of hockey, no one, no, no. one's no, you would going to the penalty box just, quietly. Yeah. Or I guess some you guys can either go quietly or shake your head or whatever. But yeah, you don't want to show up the ref. I I never did that because no. you want the refs on your side all the time. I was gonna say I I think we could probably count how many penalties I've taken. I've also I think yeah. I've served more penalties than I've actually taken. Yeah, probably. Yep. Because I there was a few guys I played with that have gotten kicked out of games, and I was just like, I, he only got two minutes on the initial penalty, so I'll I'll go serve that. Right. Go. I mean, it's pretty much just like sitting on the bench. It's not really a big deal not taking away that much ice time um the other the other star that we saw snap was nathan mckinnon which not in not in the same way as mcdavid but he just actually you know what i might i might say it's actually worse than yeah. him him and connor garland with the arizona coyotes were they were battling a regular hockey the puck really was near them then it wasn't they kept going at it but mckinnon at the end of their tussle throws garland's helmet at him at his chest right, right which really dangerous but yeah that's like that football uh miles garrett, garrett. yeah garrett yeah it scary and again he gets the maximum he, fine yeah heat of the moment thing right that's and it's it's because i feel like although mcdavid is definitely more fiery than mckinnon i just never thought i would see that come out of mckinnon which honestly makes me kind of feel better about him because mcdavid we knew he kind of had that right grit to him mckinnon yeah. he kind of never saw because he never really had to right i'm still i even even though mckinnon's you could argue which was worse i think they both should have been suspended just a game it's too short of a season and they're both superstars benefit of the doubt I, I get it the nhl will never tell you that but that is the real answer that's what's going on that that's going on if you had the hot mic on when it was supposed to be off that's what you would hear yeah that's that is true uh we'll go to the waiver wire where a few surprising names i'm gonna say the biggest surprising one for me was the red wings putting evgeny svechnikov on waivers right if it's any if there's any year to put a guy on waivers and just kind of hope for the best it is this year. Yeah. I'm terrified to lose him. He's played really well. So they put him on waivers today? Yeah. Okay. Uh so well, there's some deals coming. Yeah. That, that, that's why these teams do this to clear clear up some cap space. Uh a few uh, a couple other guys that cleared Tyler Ennis uh with Edmonton Nikita Gusev which really surprised me with New Jersey. I'm surprised no one would scoop him up. Right. And we mentioned it before, but Shane Gossespierre. Yeah, and he cleared. 
put on waivers and cleared. Um, I guess he just makes too much money for someone to take a risk like that. Yeah, yeah. And too many years left still. He's, he's signed for two more years at 4.2, I think he makes. So Yeah, that is his next contract is going to be dirt cheap for someone. Yeah, yeah. He's, still, he's not playing bad. He's just not worth 4.2. Yeah. Right. Uh, we had also some, as the college hockey season's winding down, we've had some prospects sign with their teams. Matt Boldy from, I think he was from Boston College, signed with the Minnesota Wild. He's going down to their farm team. Uh, Spencer Knight with the Florida Panthers. Interest, I'm interested to see if he gets a shot with the Panthers. I don't know. There's not much room on that roster. Yeah, you're probably not moving Bobrovsky. Apparently, uh, Drieger was put on the TSN trade bait list. Well, so maybe he does. Maybe Knight gets a chance. If not, he'll go down to the minors. Uh, Hobie Baker award finalist Shane Pinto signed with the Ottawa Senators, uh, along with uh, Jacob Bernard Docker. Uh, they're going to go through quarantine, but we still don't know where necessarily they're going to play. Right. I think Cam York did. That was yeah. Michigan product Cam York signed. Do you think he gets a chance with no, the team? No, no. These all these got kids do this so they can burn the first year of their three year contracts. So they only have two years left before they can sign a mega million dollar contract. The other guy, and I personally hope he gets a chance because I think he would really help this team. But they're also pretty well off. Was Alex Newhook with the Colorado Avalanche? Right. Out of, yeah, out of all these guys, I think Newhook. And I guess probably Pinto, just because he's going to Ottawa, right? Would have the best chance. Yeah. You don't think Cam York would boost boost the Flyers? Mm, no, I don't think he's quite ready for that role yet. I think he's a couple years away. They they need a veteran presence back there. They need Niskanen to come out of retirement. That's what they need. Uh, that that would be that would be the best trade deadline acquisition yeah, exactly. possible. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I also wrote down uh, a possible Flyers-Red Wings trade. Yes, I have been hearing some rumors. And the Flyers are apparently interested in Jonathan Bernier. Bernier, yeah, who's hurt. Um, they just need a veteran goalie, I think, to step in for I don't, either one of them at this point. But uh, we'll have to wait and see because they're giving Hurt nine days off here to try and uh, and kind of reset himself and carry Price this thing happened to him as well in year two of his illustrious career so we'll see we'll see what happens if that if that just might be just too tight of a season to recoup that's that's kind of like we, i think i talked about this last week where teams get in funks and it's hard it's better to go on the road and then and you know get together with your team in the motels the flyers aren't doing that they're going home it, their home games, they're going home, and their away games, they're going home. There's no road trip, so there's no, there's not that time to kind of mesh or get away from it all. Sometimes that usually helps teams when they're in slumps. Just look at the Buffalo Sabers, right? They're, they're again, same thing. They're struggling because, well, they're not just bad, but usually you can recoup. You go out west, you can either win there or you lose there but then you come back home and you you, you i don't know you, you kind of clear your head and stuff so i think that's a, a problem for any of the teams that are struggling it's hard to get out of that struggle in this kind of season it's almost something where i wonder how many guys i know a lot of pretty much everyone hated it but i wonder if you're just trying to boost team morale how many people would want to go back to a bubble yeah because at least there you could be with your team yeah you're yeah. away from your family but yeah. as a team you come together and that's you're, how we saw again, the Tampa Bay Lightning. motels and stuff right so yeah yeah it, it is something might not help all teams but it the, might help some teams yeah, yeah. depending well, how close the teams are right yeah if, if you, you know? if like I feel like a team like the Leafs who have played really well but I feel yeah. like if they were able to hang out I feel like it might be scary that they might be even better if they come together as a team. Right. And but and again, there's there's a team that yeah, they have had road trips, right? You're going out to Vancouver and you're you're getting to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, when all the you other know? teams you're not traveling like even I'm trying to think like the central, I guess, you're going to Florida sometimes. Yeah. That's your yeah. And other than that, you're pretty I feel like a, a team that really lucks out that they're in the Western Conference is Chicago because it's right. pretty mid They're Midwest. Considered a Midwest team, but if, in terms of looking at an actual map, they're pretty east. Like they're yeah, not yeah. that not that far off no, from like sure. yep. Detroit, right? 
I guess Detroit might not be the best example. But no, no, yeah, they're not far from Detroit. Right? Uh, all right. Do you have anything else for the NHL before we fix the NFL? Well, no, but that kind of leads us into the realignment because that's kind of what the NHL has done right now, right? Is they made the map make sense, especially for non-border travel. Yeah, exactly. And now next year we're going to get Seattle, and it will. I mean, I'm I'm not. I would not be opposed to the North Division coming back. I I really do enjoy it. I don't think it's lived up to everyone's expectations, but not all these teams are. And you're going to criticize the good teams because they play the teams that are on the bottom. Yeah, and I think. I think what what I've noticed is the good teams are figuring out how to consistently beat the bad teams. So that's why you're seeing, if you look at the standings, there's a big gap now, right? Yeah. Like it's not like, oh yeah, it's a seven team race still for these four. No, it's it's almost like what we thought the how this was going to go because I think it's almost like these are just consistently playoff series. So you're eventually the better team's going to win mm-hmm. at it when you're playing each other 10 times. Yeah. There's a nine times. There's a better chance. The good team is going to figure you out. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Although I have found that when there are upsets, they feel like major upsets. Like when you Absolutely. see Ottawa beating yeah. anybody, yeah. it feels significant for sure. Cause it is because that's how big of a gap there is with the teams right mm-hmm. all right let's I, I said fix the nfl we're not fixing any any of the money stuff or the fact that they don't really care about their players we could fix a couple of the rules yeah um that could be another topic we could talk about it i mean the biggest time right i i feel like we both have our one yours is always pass interference in terms of just 15 yards yeah no yeah, spot foul the, that's right go with the college rules yeah and mine's overtime I, I I agree with you on on that one. Whoever's well, agreeing, but that one I totally agree with. I, the CFL has got it right, and College, NCAA yeah. for it, sure. And did NCAA do it first? I think so. Yeah, because ah. I think CFL did regular. They played like a five minute two halves or something. Probably, not, probably, not from the thirty five or whatever twenty five. They just played. Oh. They just played a game like two five minute halves. I um, think for uh, overtime first, which. I guess it's okay, but I, I like this way because it's definitive and it gives both teams because football is a two, an offense and a defensive sport. It's not just, oh, it's, they're an offensive team, yeah. right? Like it's, so both teams should you have, have, you have to play both sides of the ball. That's right. So both teams should be allowed to play. Yeah. So yeah, we're not fixing any of that. We're just no, fixing sorry, the map. Yeah. We're already ranting. Uh, I I knew as soon because I'm usually the one that talks about overtime more, and every time there's an overtime game, you always get excited because you know I'm gonna get upset about it. Yeah, exactly. Especially it's, last year, we had Cincinnati and Philadelphia tie. That's right. Between that and NHL refs getting in the way of <laughs> players that have the puck, I know those, those are your two pet peeves currently for so, 2021. Yeah, and really, it can go back a decade now. Um, Instead of, I was going to talk about the difference of uh, uh, distance we're changing. Instead, we're just okay. going to go through the divisions. Yep. There really aren't that many changes. No, but there's enough that you're, I think you're increasing some great rivalries, I think. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start in the AFC East, which remains 75% the same. You right. keep the Buffalo Bills, the New England Patriots, yep. and the New York Jets. Right. You're moving Miami because why should a Florida team be in basically having to go play in snow? Yeah, you're it's basically the December. north the northeastern division is what you could call it or right. the northeastern. Right. Yeah. The only the only I, I get, I, I'm going to be the devil's advocate for all these. So now you're you're losing Miami Buffalo which used to be a, a big rivalry in the I guess the 80s and 90s. In terms of just on the field product, sure. But now you're moving in the Giants, who now will play the Jets twice a year. Yeah, yeah, no. We get to how many? Just think about if the Giants were in the Patriots division, how often we would see Eli Manning highlights. Right. It it's fun. Buffalo Giants don't really. I guess they played in the Super Bowl, didn't they? Yeah. So that was the first one Buffalo lost that they should have (laughs) won. There's something there. I just. Yeah, no, uh, but yeah, see, so you just kind of renege me because that is, uh, I would take that trade. 
Because just the I don't even like the Giants or the Jets, but you get them playing twice a year every year. That's be, that's awesome. You talk they talk about it as a huge rivalry, and they're both young up and coming teams. So in the next five years, if they're both really good and they're in a division together, it's it's a rivalry that's already built in. They play in the same stadium. I just, yeah I don't I don't know why the NFL wouldn't want that. Maybe they're just so set in their ways and they have these divisions for a reason. It's like they'll they'll never expand, which I think is a good thing. I think 32 is enough. Yeah, no, it's good. Yeah. Uh, okay, sorry, carry on. No, no, no. This is good. This yeah. is the type of conversations we should be having. Uh, the NFC East uh, changes 50%. So gone are the Giants, gone are the Cowboys. The Eagles and the Washington football team remain. And the two teams replacing them geographically just makes sense we have the baltimore ravens and the pittsburgh steelers moving over to the nfc east well that makes the uh nfc east a lot more competitive and that's the thing you don't lose a major rivalry in baltimore pittsburgh they stay together right yeah no agreed and yeah yeah i don't i don't have any issues with that like i know the cowboys and the washington football team used to be a big rivalry just because of their nicknames, but mm-hmm. that doesn't even—they're not even nicknames. So yeah, I'm I'm good with that actually. I, the, the rivalries aren't the same. I do right. the. I think the one rivalry I think I'd actually miss out of this would be the Eagles Giants. They had two really good games last year. Right. Yeah. No. Over the years. Yeah. For sure. But again, based on what you're bringing in, it's. I think it's an upgrade. Again, I'm and- trying to fight you on this, but I <laughs> I can't find anything. And then geographically, you get. Baltimore and Washington, who are a bus ride away from each other, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh aren't that far away from each other. Yeah, you're like you're getting like okay, this week it's the Pennsylvania matchup, and then really it's the 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 state of Maryland. I know Washington is in its own district, district but still, yeah. Uh, next up, I think we have probably the weakest division that i feel like loses a lot the afc north lost baltimore and pittsburgh that's pretty significant so they keep cincinnati and cleveland so they're both happy yeah no matter who's coming in (laughs) although they would now have to play the indianapolis colts and the tennessee titans yeah i don't mind that in terms of north tennessee doesn't seem like that north and i I get confused with those two divisions anyway i always think they're in those divisions so yeah i'm okay (laughs) with that and, it, and honestly, and I said to you, this is probably the weakest change, and it's, right, and you're still right. agreeing with it. Yeah, 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 I am. Uh, okay. the, the NFC North doesn't change. Green Bay, oh. Chicago, Minnesota, Detroit, geographically, it's the still only division the, that makes sense. Still the Norris division. And really, especially going into this year, I'm, for Green Bay, you got to be thrilled that's still your division. Yeah. It's a dumpster fire. Yeah. Uh, the AFC South now basically becomes the florida division yep uh so jacksonville is the only team that remains in that division uh miami comes in tampa bay and carolina yeah i like that carol this is the only real debate i had which was who should go so i'll set up the nfc south too it's dallas new orleans atlanta and houston yeah that's you get yeah louisiana state and Texas State. Uh, who, especially if you're, I mean, Houston, especially the Texans with the Deshaun, Deshaun Watson situation, we don't know where that's headed right, right now. Right. If he remains with the Texans, who wouldn't want to see Dak versus Watson? For sure. Two Twice times a year. At least, yeah. And then you still get to keep the Saints Falcons, I'm going to say quote unquote rivalry. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. To offensive superpowers, which. Uh, I know we still have a little bit of time before the NFL draft, but I've seen every mock draft now having the Falcons taking Kyle Pitts. Oh, boy. And I don't I – I like it, but I, I think it's just because there's no defensive player that I would take right. at four. Um, yeah, these – the South divisions, they just – they work. Yeah, it having, makes sense. Having the three Florida teams – For sure. And the only debate is do you have Atlanta or Carolina with which side? Like a, Right. They're close enough where they could play with yeah. either division, yeah, but yeah. Carolina was a little more east. So that's why right. I put them with Miami, Jacksonville, Tampa Bay. Uh, finally, we have the West, which they just they both trade a team. So the AFC West now has Kansas City, Denver, Las Vegas, and they bring in Arizona. Okay. 
geographically, it makes it a lot cleaner, especially yep. when you go to the other side. Yep. In terms of competition, you're taking up the Chargers, which I get Mahomes-Herbert is going to be a battle for the next decade. Plus, right. you bring in Kyler Murray, which is going to be just as fun of an offensive game, Kansas City-Arizona. Right. Yeah. And so the NFC West adds the LA Chargers to Seattle, San Francisco, and the Rams. Perfect. It just in I I put it on a map with Photoshop and drew all the lines and there's no intersect intersections at it, all. No, and the NFL it's just especially the one thing I now looking at this will not get over is Miami playing in the East beyond the rivalry part of it. Yeah. Just exactly. geographically. Yeah. No, it's you know what? It not only do I like it, I'm pretty sure environmentalists would like it. Because you would be saving on so much jet fuel, I I wonder how much what what that cost would be for travel as opposed to what it is now. I, I'm gonna say it's probably double. Yeah, like of course you're gonna play different divisions as well, right? So that's gonna, but you're doing that anyway. And they're you're doing that anyway. And they're doing international games, which they're bringing back next year. Right. The Falcons are playing in an interna- international game. Right. Even with the seventeenth game, it just. The travel is going to be way less. I think of that NFC East now with Philly, Washington, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. Yeah. How many of those games are just going to be bus rides? Yeah, no, that too. Yeah, or, for sure. Or, or not even. Or very short plane rides. Or yeah, yeah. If you're, yeah, if you're New York playing New York, you're not going anywhere, right? Yeah. The, the only teams are the only teams that won't like this move will be the AFC East because they probably like to go to Miami. In December, right? Yeah, it, it, <laughs> just to get away change from pace. Yeah. Be- yeah. Besides weather, it just this all almost it almost I'm gonna say it almost makes too much sense for the NFL to it, actually do it. Yeah, it's I don't know why they wouldn't. That would be I don't know because to me I don't know. There's not that much tradition in terms of the divisions. Like I don't think there's anything holding teams to certain. Like, they've even mixed and matched the AFC and NFC, right? Like, Seattle used to be in the AFC, mm-hmm. so they've moved them, so... Yeah, what what tradition are you holding on to? And I'm going to yeah. say the one traditional rivalry that is in the NFL and every year I get excited for, we didn't lose it, Baltimore-Pittsburgh. Right, and you're still getting your Cowboys and Lions on Thanksgiving. That's not going to change. That doesn't affect anything. Yeah, I like it. Send it in. Send it in for proposal. Yeah, Roger Goodell, if, if you're if you somehow found this and yeah, and you're listening, don't don't I mean ignore the mean stuff I said. Yeah, but just remember our names. Yeah, we we saved at least environmentally we saved the NFL. That's right. All right, that uh, I think about wraps it up. Do you got anything else before we go? I do. I have one other comment or question for you. When your team is terrible and you know they're going to be bad. <laughs> do you keep watching them or do you not watch them because you you know they're bad or do you have to keep watching them because you can't just watch them during the good times you have to watch them during the bad times i don't know because i haven't been in this scenario very often but i'm in the i'm in it right now like i'm watching the raptor games and i don't want them to win Right, I'm in that scenario now yeah. with them. I I want them to get a top pick. It doesn't happen very often, but I I'm so to me it's not fun to watch my team because I'm not even cheering for them. Yeah, I've found my biggest example because NFL seasons are so short that I don't just sit down and watch a Falcons game. It's usually all the games on at once. It, it, yeah, and and that's my other conundrum is the NFL. I I can sit down and watch Jacksonville play. The Lions, yeah, right. I have no problem sitting down to watch a- another game, but in hockey and baseball, those two sports and and NBA, yeah, all three of them. Well, I guess maybe not hockey, but definitely NBA and, and MLB. I only watch my team. I don't. I don't enjoy watching other teams until it comes to the playoffs. Then I'll watch. Yeah, I think that also gives you the positive of not watching other teams is especially for the NBA, you're going to get to the playoffs and you're going to think you're going to see how they put these teams together. It's going to kind of be more of a surprise, especially the first round this year will be a little more entertaining, especially with the play in. But right. once you get to round two, that's when you really figure out who are the championship contenders. Right. 
And for me, NBA games, I really usually only watch highlights. I'll watch uh, a like nationally televised game if it's a really good game. Right. Like if I get one of not even marquee teams, if I get just two really good teams that I want to watch, like if Utah is on a primetime game, I-, I will definitely watch that. Gotcha. But in terms of bad teams, I found myself watching the Red Wings more this year because I can feel the Leafs type of rebuild where we've already hit rock bottom. Okay. And so that, you're on you're on your way up. You're not on your way down. Yeah. There's just there's things I can see and there's guys coming up. Joe Valeno has looked really good in Europe. I've felt like there's just there's guys coming. The only thing for the Red Wings that I, I just feel like I need to feel better as a goalie. Right. Even a goalie for I don't they don't need a goalie Price right isn't, now. Isn't your answer? No. No. Okay. Bern, Bernier he is a good trade piece. He'll right. get see a free agent at the end of the year. I think so. And then he'll get you some draft compensation. I just want, even if it's a goalie that I have to wait three to five years for, Yeah. I just want a goalie of the future because I feel like if they don't, then all this talent you're drafting, accumulating, they have like a Lucas Raymond, even like Soderblom. Right. And the World Juniors looked really good. All of it would be for nothing unless and if they sign a goalie, that'll that'll be amazing. But right. you need a goalie for the future if you don't, you're gonna waste Dylan Lark and Anthony Mantha. And I'm still scared they're gonna trade Mantha. Really, yeah. Hmm. I just not that I I don't want to give up on him. I think he's one of the more underrated players in the league because he's on a bad Detroit team. Right. Well that's having a good stretch right now. Yeah. They they have looked and I didn't write it down again, but they have looked good. I'm I can't say I watch every single game, but when I see them play uh, Florida, I think, okay, I, I can justify watching them against anybody. Because even if it's Dallas, I think, well, they're kind of on the same level as Dallas this year. Yeah, I, I like I probably watched your Red Wings more than you have oh, this for, year. For sure. And they have been, I think they've been blown out twice or three times all year. They're, only- they're, they're exciting too. Like it's fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely you know? not a bore. If they were bo- like last year, they were a boring team. Right. I did not enjoy watching them this year. It just kind of feels like, and I have to give credit to Jeff Lashville, who I thought would would have been fired by now. Yeah, he's yeah. kind of just not that it's a like loose style, but he's just kind of letting the kids be kids and letting them figure it out. Right. And I, I don't know. The future definitely is brighter than a couple of years ago and i think steve eiserman has done a good job and i, I i'm still gonna hold out hope that he's gonna take someone from tampa bay and someone's gonna want to come play for him right yeah yeah he's got those relationships for sure and i really wasn't expect i when he was with when he left for tampa i thought eh, ken holland's gonna be here for a while I, I don't imagine he comes back when ken holland left i just thought it's the perfect opening for yep. him to come back for sure it's the franchise's, I would say, second best player. Yeah. I, I don't think you touch Gordy Howe. But right. He would be, because I don't, Sergei Fedorov might have been better, but he didn't, I don't feel him as just a Red Wing. Steve Eisman was always right. just a Red Wing as a player. Right. A good team, obviously, when your team's good, it's fun to watch. But For sure, yeah. It makes you, especially you watching these Raptor games, doesn't matter how much you're watching, you're still paying attention enough. Yeah. yeah I'm so annoyed that you don't. Are you watching the Cubs this year or no? No. Not interested at all. They're <laughs> terrible. They, they gave everybody away. Not interested. And they've got the old Red Sox pitcher. Craig Kimbrell so. is still there. Oh, I think so. So yeah, I won't be watching them this year. Not not interested at all. It's actually, because they haven't gotten any better. They've gotten way worse. Actually, they gave up all their starting pitchers except for uh, Hendricks. Hendricks is the only guy they got that's left there. I wanted to maybe they're a trade deadline seller. Oh, absolutely, they will be. Because I feel like we've heard too many rumors about Chris Bryant for it not to be true. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that that was your anything else. Yeah, no, I just wanted to ask that question because it's been a tough month of March that is watching a, my teams. It also is when you get to see your broadcast team really grasp at straws, but you see how good they are. And you actually, that you, you bring up actually one other good point that I'm going to struggle with now is I only like watching my home team's broadcasters. Like, listen to the Yankees and Jays. I wasn't listening. 
Really? No, because it, it, they don't talk about the Yankees, right? They're they, a little bit here and there, but they're talking about the Jays. Yeah, especially I, they he, they have the perfect group. They have the perfect team where when Buck Martinez was doing play by play, it was not. It was he's not a good. he's a color guy, right? Through and through, he's one of the best color guys. Uh, For sure, I will say. Mm-hmm. But Dan Shulman, Dan just, Shulman is a play by yeah, and but it goes to show you, I think Dan Shulman's one of the best baseball announcers. But I just I like listening to my announcers talking about my team so just since we've had this all the sports mm-hmm. i make sure that i've got because a lot of the times they'll have both broadcasts i don't like i don't want to hear what the other teams you know what their good things are and bad i just want to hear about my team right and, and yeah it, that's the one thing i really know especially spring training right all the yankees games even when they were playing the jays it was the yankees yes network broadcast right which is to me all listen there's lots of interesting stuff going on there. Like talk about the past and you know a whole bunch of stuff, right? Yeah, and it's Michael K. and they have a yeah. they have a good group there, especially with having former Yankees a part of it. Uh, yeah, or and even non like Kenton Singletary, who's gonna again retire, I guess, like for a third time at the end of this year. He's doing only a few few games this year, but he's interesting. I, I just find him really interesting. Yeah. Not again. I'm not. I'm not knocking Buck and showman it's because i think they're great it's just i just realized watching that home opener that i want to listen to my guys yeah that's fair that's right? w- that's why i love listening to the red wings and i get to for sure uh that's ken daniels is amazing and i'll never doubt his play-by-play he's good especially because he's not the most biased you'll ever see like if the other team scores he's not gonna be like oh they scored like he'll, he'll have some energy some of them way. are like that though yeah right they have no energy when the other team scores yeah but that's why that's why they're a good balance because mickey right. redmond is nah, no what are it, you doing it, right like yeah. he, he gets mad like a fan right right which, which is Outside of the old Chicago White Sox announcer, right. most of them aren't horrible. Right? That yeah, guy, they're, that they're, guy was the worst. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like even Matt Devlin is he's he's been putting up a brave face, you know, over the last month of March again. Right? Mm-hmm. Where he, today he was just giddy, right? Because <laughs> they finally won, so he's laughing at everything. But yeah, that's that's my one thing I've realized now that I if I'm watching my team, I want to hear my announcers. Which that's a, or, or neutral, right? Yeah. Because once the playoffs come, that because that's the other time that I re, I realize I miss it too is when the playoffs go. Oh, Michael K has gone. That's it. Like, but I guess he still does. They probably still do games. Do, do games, but we don't get to hear them, right? It, Matt Vasgersian only... or Joe Buck, right? The yeah. national guys, right? Right. Which that's okay because now now you're getting neutral, right? They're going to be neutral. Although cause... everyone, I feel like the whole entire world hates Joe Buck. I don't think. He's as good at football, I think, as a baseball announcer. He's really good. But yeah. I, I realize now, I, I think it's just because, like, Troy Aikman, unless it's a Cowboys game, he's not as engaged. Right. Well, just because you got Tony Romo, who's totally engaged. That, I think that, that, is, that is also that, the problem is everyone yeah, everyone has better. to compare to, well, even Al Michaels and Chris Collingsworth. Those guys are right. hilarious. For sure. Um, I think that, yeah, and any... No, that, now I'm done. Now you're done. Now okay, I've, I got all my stuff out of me. <laughs> so we'll be uh, we'll be back Monday. We'll talk about uh, we'll Easter preview Monday. Easter Monday. You're not busy. You don't have any plans. I'm off. Uh, I, I was gonna say we're, we're not gonna make plans. Just family close. I, I I get scared if someone listens to this and thinks we're gonna see people. We're just seeing each other. Oh yeah. Um, we'll be back Monday to talk about uh, the national. We'll preview the national championship and anything else that goes on in the sports weekend. And besides that, we'll see you next time. <laughs>